Jowson, sweetie, please drop that beat to start the show. The Romantic Truth Podcast extends a loving and warm welcome to listeners in celebration of our sixth year of the show. We wish you a promising 2024. Please be advised that due to the language, subject matter, and topics of the show, adults 18 years of age and older are highly recommended for this content. Uninterrupted and commercial-free listening. Now, since all of that is over, I would like to take this opportunity and introduce you to the host of Romantic Truth, Jaosan in Las Vegas. Today's episode explores dating the hypersexual partner. Hi everyone, Jocelyn with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas, baby, yeah, keeping it real. Dating the hypersexual partner. Now, we're going to break this into two spheres of knowledge. One is going to be philosophical, the other is going to be scientific. Think of it like with uh, religion versus science. The reason why I say this in particular, let's look at hypersexuality when it refers to the scientific side of it. It could be caused by things such as, well, first of all, let's define it. What is hypersexual activity? Hypersexual activity is a person who cannot control their sexual impulses for whatever reason. Now, on the scientific side, it could be neurological, a disorder in that realm. It could be an emotional disorder. It can also be a situation where it may be a biological change or a chemical change in a person's brain or chemistry. It could also be trauma. It could be from sexual abuse. And it could be the way you're wired neurologically. But whatever it is, there's usually a scientific basis for it. Medical, something of that sort. There are women that have been documented who cannot literally ride in automobiles or trains because every time they hit a bump, they would have an orgasm, a sexual experience, and they can't control it, and it's very burdensome. I know a lot of people would think, oh, well, that would be the ideal thing. No, you say that because you're a layperson without that condition. But for those people who have it, it's no joke. Now, let's look at the philosophical side of this. The philosophical side could be for affirmation, a sense of control. It can also be a situation where they are constantly on a quest of satisfying their curiosity. Now, what happens on this side of the equation, and we're going to stick with the philosophical side for this particular argument, and that is these things may be some of the inadequacies that they did not receive upon their development, men and women. The guy who has to go and try to fuck every woman on the face of the earth in order to be validated as a man, so he can go back and brag about it. That was one of the motivations that never occurred to me when I was out there for those 30 plus years. 
I was actually trying to look for love in an indirect way and got hung up on the lifestyle of being single. I then realized that it's not so bad because it's kind of cool. I go out on dates, talk to women, journal some of the dates about some of the experiences, some of the places we went, some of the things we did, we've done, so that I can look back on it later in life. And enjoyed those experiences. And the beauty of it was, it was a diversified 30 plus years, so it wasn't just in one place such as Southern California. It's with travel and everything else. And that's what made it so fulfilling. Now, Here's the thing that I will tell you. Dating someone that's hypersexual, you will find that many of them are risk takers. For the most part, you won't be able to diagnose their condition and that kind of thing, whether it's scientific or philosophical. Their behavior and their reaction are going to put it put them in one or two categories. Now, the reason why I address this topic is because there was a lady that left a message a couple of months ago about how she was tired of single men. She was only going to be with married men. And what she decided to do was leave another message about her desires. given up on single men she reiterated that she only wants to deal with married men but she wants to have sex in a porta potty because stinky smells arouse her sexually there's some people that are like that armpits the smell of armpits some women don't want the man to take a bath after he finished working See, that's the thing, ladies. A lot of you complain about some of these guys that don't wash their ass and their balls stink. Many times they've been with women that wanted them to have stinky balls. Just like some of you ladies have written into the show talking about how your man, after you guys finish having sex, does not want you to drain and wash yourselves out because he wants to eat you out afterwards I told you the show is not for the faint of heart because we talk about everything on this show when it comes down to human relations now here's the thing when it comes down to a hypersexual person you're going to have to understand there are certain things that you may be faced with they may want to have sex in public they may not have any kind of uh, measure on where the boundaries are. And what you'll find is that people who have issues with hypersexual activity, they are going to have hard boundaries set. Doesn't necessarily mean that they are fortified and they abide by them. They're trying. Let me give you an example of what happened to me once. I met a lady at a mixer down in Seal Beach, California. She's about 5'5". Five five. She sold insurance for this major insurance broker. 
dishwater blonde, green eyes, and I never forget her skin was very smooth. Divorced, two children, And the thing was with this lady, I think she had a nine and a 12 year old. And the thing that was with this lady that I found most charming and most intriguing, she says, out of the clear blue, I'm not here to sell you insurance, even though here's my business card. I just wanted to talk to you. I think you're handsome, blah, blah, blah. We started talking. I was kind of shocked because this particular mixer was not an upscale mixer, folks. They basically had that squirt soda, Fresca, and Coca-Cola in cans. And what did they have as far as the meal? Hot dogs. Now, you get what you pay for. 20 bucks admission, that's what you were going to get. And we really didn't like, she nor I, or a few people there, did not like the people that were promoting this. Because what they would do with some of these mixers, they were making an event for singles, but what it was was nothing more than timeshare seminars or some other kind of thing where people could display whatever they're trying to push in the interim. So you had to be very careful. Now, because there were some good ones out there that had nothing to do with those, but a lot of them that were cheaper, yeah, they were going to try to bang you over the head over stuff. Now, here's the thing. She and I, we decided to go to the kettle down in Manhattan Beach, California to get a bite to eat because we weren't going to eat that bullshit there. And so while we were sitting there, she says, you know, I could have cooked this better. We both ordered the Yankee pot roast. Not to say that it wasn't good, but she says, I got a special touch on it. She says, one of these evenings, you're going to get a chance to taste my cooking. Probably it's coming weekend. Cool. She found out I lived in Anaheim, and she lived out in uh, South Bay. Well, she invited me over that following Saturday, I believe, and she says, well, I want to play volleyball. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm thinking that she's like wanting me to work with her on trying to figure out a way to play volleyball. But she already had friends in Manhattan Beach and they had volleyball teams set up. And with these volleyball teams, it was all amateur league. And with these volleyball teams, they always needed people because people wouldn't show up, that kind of thing. So we went. Now, she had the sweatsuit on when I got to the, her place to pick her up. She took that sweatsuit off and she had these high cut, these right up uh, bottoms on. You know where half your ass is sticking out? And I'm looking and I'm like, damn! She had already cooked dinner for us, so only thing she had to do was just heat it up and eat when we'd eat. So we went on and played the volleyball and everything. And so we get back in order to tease me. She went into the bathroom 
and I'm sitting there in the living room and she's tossing out her bra, her shorts, and her panties. And she's peeking out the bathroom door. And she said, I know you wish you could come in here. She said, but not yet. I got something planned for you. Now, I'm still stinking from volleyball. So I'm thinking, I got to wash my ass, you know. And so she opens the door. I'm still in the living room. She says, well, you need to take off your clothes and come in here and shower with me. So I do so. I get in there and we're showering. And it's kind of weird because her head comes up to my chest. And of course, she's like, turn around. First thing she's doing, my back. What? Nuts, dick, doing all that. Just wash, I mean, soak down. I'm doing her the same way. Except she doesn't have, you know, dick. So we're going down. We're doing all that. And so she says, um, we need to dry each other off. So we did after we finished. Well, I had the towel wrapped around my waist. And she had it, of course, around her torso. And she said, well, she grabbed all the clothes up, put them in the washing machine, got the washer on. And she went on and, you know, heated up dinner because she had already cooked prior. She had made this spaghetti with these huge meatballs. And so she put the plate in front of me and she said, well, I'll eat later. And she gives me a glass of wine. I'm like, cool. Now, while I'm sitting there eating, she comes over to me, kneels down, pulls a towel to the side, and gave me fellatio. And I'm, I'm stopping, and she's like, oh, no, no, please keep eating, keep eating. I'm not knowing what's going on. Damn fork tapping the plate and shit, and I'm trembling and shit because it's getting good. And I mean, it was like a vacuum clean on that thing. And I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I can't even talk, I'm up there. And then I tapped her on her shoulder to let her know that the volcano was getting ready to explode. Took my hand and held on to it, locked her fingers in it. And she doubled down and before you know it, gush. And she said, you need to keep eating while I'm doing this. And I'm like, shit is weird. Well, we went on and finished dinner. And of course we had sex. And then she tells me, she says, well, I'm very hypersexual. She says, so I want you to understand that our relationship, there's gonna be a lot of sex. She wasn't lying every time we got together. Anyway, anyhow, no problem. She didn't care. But here's the thing. She told me that she used to try to put up boundaries about these feelings. And she kept getting frustrated and disappointed because she would lead guys on for so long. 
I never faced the fact that she was easily a very easily stimulated. And she would tell me, she said, once I'm into you and I like you, she says, you don't have to do nothing. You can just touch me in certain places. I'm wet and red. She said, but I got to be into you emotionally. I got to be into you visually. And she said, that's the reason why I talked to you that night. She said, I would have had sex with you that night without any problem. We could have had sex right there on the floor. I wouldn't have cared. I was like, damn. But see, this is the problem with people that have those impulses. They have uh, they have an issue trying to control when to be appropriate and when not. And some of them don't have that that switch. They're triggered and that's it. Fellas, some of these times when you are taking a woman on the first date and you guys are kissing goodbye, you're at her place and she tells you, no, we need to stop. You're probably thinking that you're stopping because she's thinking you've gone too far. No. She's stopping you because she's afraid she's going to take you too far. I told you about the incident where the woman, I offered to shake her hand after dropping her off to her apartment. And she's like, no, silly, come here and give me a hug. I gave her that hug and them hard ass nipples and big titties started rubbing against my chest. And then she started pressing her pelvis against my manhood. And I knew when she stuck her hand down there and said, what's this? She said, go park your car and come on upstairs. Because see, women are fighting against their own morality. The morality versus their desire. Women have needs too, but see, the thing is society's told them to repress those needs and a lot of these women wind up dying angry because they never had a chance to express themselves sexually the way they wanted to. They've always had to be the mother. Well, first of all, let's look at it from the beginning. They have to be the good daughter with straight A's and all this other shit and be great at the piano, great at oratory. They got to do all this other shit. Then they got to go and choose the right guy to get married to. And things may work out in the beginning where they have that moment of bliss. They start having children but they still haven't had a chance to really live out the fantasies they want to live out and live out the desires they want to. And they might feel embarrassed to bring it out to their partner because they don't want to look like something less than what the partner thinks they are. So she goes on and she toughs through the whole thing of rearing the kids, being mom, being the ideal model citizen, doing jury duty and all this other shit and then, of course, maintaining a career, being a dutiful wife, dealing with the problems in the marriage where she sees that things are not really working out. She feels neglected. She doesn't feel as though she's valued, appreciated. Plus, she hasn't had a chance to really have the fulfillment of living and enjoying her life 
because she had to sacrifice it for other people. She might have wanted to go back to school. She may want to fuck a few more other people before she got married. She didn't get a chance to do all of that. And so she gets divorced. And after she gets divorced, she's kind of lost because in a way she's lost her identity with mom, with the co-worker, with all of these other titles, she had an identity. Now she's trying to really reconfigure who the hell she is. So she takes three years to try to figure it out in her mid forties. Meanwhile, her hormonal changes are taking place. She's becoming a little bit more horny in some cases. So she doesn't want to be considered a whore or loose because she's kind of paranoid being with other people based on the horror stories she hears. And plus, she's not used to trusting other people with her body. And so she's kind of slow to be receptive of going out and dating. And she's trying to make the decision of, do I want somebody long-term? Do I want somebody casual? I don't want to make the same mistake I made when I married. Let me side on caution and get with someone that I could have fun with and have a partner but not necessarily have a commitment so I can get out of it when I see the red flags or something's bad. Those are the women that actually wind up saving themselves. The others that stay until the bitter end and then wind up angry and frustrated because they feel as though life has given them the short end of the stick. That's where it becomes problematic. These are the people that feel as though they haven't really lived their lives. They live for other people. They sacrifice for other people, but they never had something of their own. Even if it would have meant that she only wanted to go out and just one night fuck five guys and not have to be accountable for it. Because she wants to have that level of autonomy and not be ostracized being called a whore. Because of course, when men do it, we don't get called whores, right? Because then we have a need. Now, there have been times where I met women and they told me straight up, let's just go fuck. And then I'd have to determine whether or not that was a go or a no-go. Oh, I've said no to plenty of women that wanted to do that. And reason being, sometimes a person's reputation supersedes them. There was one woman in particular. Always see her in the club. Guys always filling her up. She was always going out to the damn garage or the parking lot getting fucked and coming back in, coming back in. And when she'd come to the bar or come around the bar, you could always smell fresh sex because she just came back from fucking someone. And she'd go, it was another guy. Boom, those pheromones were kicking. Boom. And then when it became my turn, I was like, uh-uh. Too much of a risk. 
You done fucked all these dudes. I don't know whether you use condoms. But I know one thing. You smell like semen is still leaking out of you. Don't take the risk. And what happened later on? These guys were pissed off because she got pregnant. She was accusing everybody and their mama of being a daddy. But see, a lot of times women do this out of validation. They do it because this is the only thing that they feel as though they're being acknowledged for. And it also depends on their environment and how they've grown up. And that will dictate their relationship with sex. As I told you, I dated a woman one time that was in her late 30s, early 40s years ago. And she had a teenage daughter. I think she was 16 or so, 15, 16. And daughter was very provocative. And she and mom were like girlfriends. I knew there was a problem when I first got there. This girl's walking around in blue jean shorts with all the buttons unfastened in the front. And you can see the panties in the front. And I'm saying to myself, really? I told my girl, I said, why don't you have your daughter put, put on something that's more appropriate? You're not her father. She's appropriate. to mama now mama didn't dress like that when mama went out and when mama met me she was in a business suit she worked at a bank when I got over to her place I'm saying daughter just just like they were in the hood I wish they kind of were, but they weren't. Over there in Dara Heights, wouldn't call that the hood. But she's sitting there. And I ignored it. Next weekend I came over. And me and her mom watching a movie in the living room. She comes in on a t-shirt. She straddles my knee to sit on my knee to watch the movie. I'm noticing something hot and wet on my knee. Under that t-shirt, this girl didn't have anything on. And so, I said, you need to sit down. So I pushed her off my knee, trying to push her down into the chair, into the, into the uh, sofa beside me. Her mom was living. Why are you pushing my child like that? She's sitting on my knee. She's heavy. And you've got excuse. She can sit anywhere she pleases. This is her house. 
shit, here we go. And she said, you know what? You ain't gonna disrespect my child. You get your ass up and leave. It was just that quick. And her daughter was making faces at me. Went on left. Fellas, you have to watch it because the environment that a person grows up in has indelible impact, especially if there's some order disorder. It just escalates. Now, that happened back in around 1994 or so. That daughter of hers, I believe last count was five children by five different men. She's super grown now. But see, this is what happens. Now, the other thing you have to look at, too, when you're dealing with people that are like this, they will usually let you know. Now, they'll try to mask it by saying something like, well, why don't we have an open relationship? Why don't we see other people? Why don't we be a friends with benefits situation? What they're trying to avoid is the commitment and obligation. Because you got to remember, I always tell you people, are te- they protect two things. They protect insecurities and addictions. And what they'll do for this addiction's sake is to say, let's be friends or let's be friends with benefits. But I don't want a commitment from you because I would not be able to honor it. But this is an indirect way of saying it. Oh, let's go and hang out with other couples. That kind of thing. Honey, let's become swingers or whatever. Now, the problem with that philosophy, and by the way, ladies, men have this too, so men do this as well, where they may be hypersexual, as you know, very well so. And usually with men, more often than not, it has to do with them trying to establish their masculinity. They even lie about women that they've slept with in order to make themselves sound more masculine. As I told you before, there was a guy at the club that was lying about this woman. She was fine as hell. And none of the guys could get to her as far as dating her, sleeping with her, or anything like that. But he claimed he had done so. Well, he was telling the guys that. One of her friends were in earshot of him talking about that and told her girlfriend, the one that he was talking about. She came over there and sliced him, not physically, verbally, to peace. She shredded his ass. After she finished talking about this man, people were ready to open the door for him for, to lead, for him to lead the club. I mean, she opened up the Webster's Dictionary on his ass. But see, he was trying to bolster himself up as some sort of Mac Daddy or something. 
Now, another thing, another thing too. Some of these people will find themselves doing things to hurt their partner as a result. So they've been cheated on, for instance. You see a lot of this with revenge cheating, especially if they've been trying to discipline themselves to not let the monster in them out. In other words, they're going to take their hands off of their addiction and just let it go and do whatever it does. They're afraid to do that because if they did, they won't be able to control themselves. An example was the lady who wound up finding out that her boyfriend had cheated with her best friend. She goes to an adult bookstore and she's giving men fellatio in the back until she's caught by the business owner and he threatens to call the police. She begs him not to and he kicks her out. So she'll have something to go back and tell her man as to how bad he hurt her. In other words, to make her like a martyr. Make him feel guilty. That she had to do it. See what you made me do. You know, it's just like the same thing that abusers do to women. See what you made me do? She didn't make you do shit. You did that yourself, you dumbass. And women may do it in that order, passive-aggressive order. Now, the other thing, too. Many times these women, once they get stimulated, they can't stop. And some of them get into a frenzy where it doesn't matter what is done to them sexually, they may enjoy it. It depends on their level of sensitivity. But I always tell you men, don't fuck with a woman unless she's willing to have sex with you consensually. Force yourself on her, don't grope her. Let a woman always come to you when she's ready for sex and intimacy. Because at that point, she's already wet enough. She's already thought about what she wants to do. She's already ran the narrative in her head and it's less likely that she's going to have buyer's remorse. Because when you start dealing with, but some of them will, you start dealing with some of these women who are still dealing with the internal battle between morality and immorality, you will have problems with those women, trust me. They will be the same women that will sleep with you last night and this morning. You have the detectives at your house talking about you raped her. Because she's changed her mind. Because now she feels bad, she feels guilty, she feels dirty because she slept with you voluntarily, consensually, and she's got this thing going on inside of herself. You can't control that, fellas. That's the reason why I say consensual only but you gotta look at how stable she is emotionally before you have sex with her that's the way it is guys check IDs before you fuck a woman make sure it's not fake don't wind up like that man in Florida 
He's fucking around with a 14-year-old girl that was in an adult club who got in by a fake ID that security didn't pick up. The man winds up taking her out. They go, they fuck. They get pulled over by the cops. He goes to jail. And, of course, in the system, he's considered a chomo. His life is in danger. But you got to look at the circumstances. So that means you got to do your due diligence first to make sure that person's the age at which they say they are. Because they may have the physical maturity, but you start a conversation with them, you realize, boom. I've run across that a couple of times, too. I was at a mixer one time down in Orange County. Girl was in there, she was 16 years old with a fake ID. The place was for 21 and over. Oh, would you buy me a drink? Well, first of all, how many women have I run across that asked that question directly? Not too many. So I knew she wasn't old enough. I could tell by her voice, the way she spoke with her sentences. And I asked her, I said, how old are you? I'm 22. No, you're not. She didn't want to push it at that point. told one of the guys that I knew there, I said, don't fuck with her. She's a minor. He went on and told security. Security checked that ID, found out that it was fake. He got bounced. They will try it. And fellas, there's nothing but a liability for you. There's nothing but a liability. You know, and it made me think about the first sexual experiences I had with those women who were older. And being that they were white, oh, nothing would have happened to them, especially in Mississippi. But for me, shit, they'd have probably found my ass somewhere in some creek, bound, tied, and castrated. And I was the minor. But it was consensual, even though I couldn't give consent because of my age at 15. But there were two fine-ass women, and I, well, I wasn't going to pass up that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing, and I'm not condoning abuse by no stretch, but I wasn't abused in that. I, ended, I enjoyed the sexual experience with those two women. But well, here's the thing that I will say. When it comes down to a situation where you gotta question the integrity of the person you're with when it comes to sex, that's a red flag. There's something that you need to examine. And a lot of these guys will say, man, fuck you, I'm gonna do all that shit. Okay. Well, here's what I say. 
fuck you also when you're paying child support. Fuck you also when you have gotten somebody pregnant and you want to get pregnant. Fuck you also when you get to a point that you done fucked around and stuff with a minor because you thought she was older than what she was and you're looking at charges. Do your due diligence. Make sure you're not dealing with anybody. That's my... See, what helped me out a lot growing up, like I told you, I only dated older women. So I never really had that problem. I dated a few women in my peer group, maybe two women that were younger than I was. But for the most part, they were older women. A lot of things I didn't have to worry about. And let me tell you something, fellas. The hormonal changes in older women, it is real. A woman in her 40s that's divorced and has worked on herself and she's gotten past all of the grief, anger, and heartache and she wants a committed relationship, that woman will fuck the dog shit out of you. I'm telling you. That woman will be just like a starved animal when it comes to sex. It's because of the fact that she's selective. It's because of the fact that she worked on herself. It's because of the fact that she's also neglected herself for a very long period of time, trying to consolidate everything where it should be. There's nothing wrong with that. A lot of women are walking around with pent-up demand. And the reason being, they don't want to share their physical body and get their hearts broken. And this is the reason why a lot of them are afraid to really go and have sex with a guy because they're afraid of that. Then you have some that have no breaks whatsoever. They go and fall for a guy. Damn it, that guy can do whatever the hell he wants to to her. And she doesn't want to be that vulnerable. Because, see, there are a lot of women that are embarrassed by their vulnerability. And that's another thing. Now, you'll find a lot of these women also getting into stripping. Getting into porn and that kind of thing as well. These are usually hypersexual women who will do this. Then you have the hustlers. These are the women that will use their pussy as a credit card. They need tires for their car, they'll fuck a guy to get them. This kid needs tuition for school, the pussy credit card is out accepted at most retailers. It will happen. She will do it. Again, these women are rare, but you will run into them at some point, depending on how long you're on the dating scene. Because, see, some of them have no shame because they've been doing it so long that it's normal to them. Or it may be abhorrent to you, but they're like, well, I've been doing this shit What's the big deal? And wives do it all the time to their husband. Honey, if you buy me that new living room set, I'll give you anal. He pulling out the credit card because he's been wanting to butt fuck his wife for the longest. Now he's getting a chance to. 
have. Now, some of you ladies have written in about if a man has anal sex with a woman, is he down low or is he gay? No, ladies, he's not gay. This is something that's been throughout history. During 2013, during a, no, 2003, there was a period of time where there was a dip in teen pregnancy, especially among white kids. And when they did a survey, what they found was that a lot of the girls were choosing anal sex over vaginal sex because they didn't want to get pregnant. They wanted to go to college and they wanted to go to school and do all these other things. But that was a way of placating the guy that they were with, their boyfriend. A lot of women do this in countries when they're, they're arranged marriages and they're not supposed to have sex before they're married. Well, they'll go and use the uh, Hershey Highway for that until they get married. Don't try to act shocked because according to Statista, 65% of women that have been married have tried anal sex at least once in their marriage. And there are some women that are wired where they cannot orgasm unless they have anal. Women are wired in different ways, just like men are. There's some men, ladies, that you can give him head from now until Christmas. And then what happened? By the way, I used to be that way. I wasn't sensitive down there. It was like once it got hard, that motherfucker would go through steel and wouldn't care. And what was funny, a lot of the older women that I would date in their late 30s, mid 40s, when I would go, they would think, oh, well, you know, you gotta wait until, no. And they're like, damn, you went twice, damn. It depended on how bad I wanted the woman. If she was somebody that I looked at from the standpoint where you go to sleep and you wake up and you hope she's still there and still find nobody took her away from you, her, well, she was going to get a double nut. She was going to get the, I'm just telling you straight up. She was going to get the shellacking. But there were others where, you know, we'll see. It depend. Oh, I know y'all don't get shit like this from other podcasts. But the way I look at it, just be honest. Here's the other thing, too. With some of these women that are dealing with hypersexual activity, Some of them will tell you that they need help. Let me know if I'm going too far with this. Ladies, us men are gonna lie to you and say, oh no, you're not going too far. And the reason why we're not doing that, 
anytime we think that it's going to mess up sex with you, we're going to always agree with you. Always try to make it work. No matter how fucked up it is. As I told you, a man will take a woman in any condition. A woman will take a man only under certain conditions. But we still want to be equal, right? Kind of interesting. Now, strippers, Instagram models, all these type of women. You ladies know damn well you need to be honest. You got a guy in your DMs trying to hit you up among many of them. You got people in the comment section trying to make comments to outdo the other guy. You know damn well you don't respect any of those men when you're looking for a relationship. When you're looking for dick, you'll probably wipe them all out. It depends. It really depends. Because see, the level of attention, if, if that is ever a deficit for them in their development, they're going to take full advantage. Of it. Especially if they went from duck to swan. At least duckling to swan. In their younger teenage years, during their prime years, they weren't so attractive. But then they get to about 35 or 36, they start prepping themselves up with makeovers and all this stuff because they're making better money and they have a direction in their lives and now all of a sudden they want to go and join the party. After some other women have kind of settled in and found the guy they want to be with and have a family. And now she's jet setting out there wanting to be this younger woman and she's a late bloomer and guess what she's going to do stay at the party too late still trying to be relevant at 65 hanging out with 20 something year olds like many of those older women used to do with us because the people in that peer group didn't want to associate with them I am a very hypersexual woman, and it doesn't take much to get me stimulated, hot, wet, and ready to go. After being disappointed by so many single men throughout my dating life, I have now decided to only date married men. However, one of my lifelong fantasies is to have sex with a married man while in a porta potty that is full so that the foul odor can intensify the experience. Stinky smells make me extremely horny. Now, I want you to think about something from what she left on this message. Stinky smells 
arouse her and make her horny. She admitted to be hypersexual. She doesn't want to deal with any single men anymore. She's only focused on married men. And one of her fantasies is to have sex in a porta potty. That's full. For those of you that never had the pleasure of being inside of a porta potty, the older it's not older, it's called old damn. Because that's that that's what you want to say. And for God's sake, those of you who use porta potties, make sure your phone, your watches, your jewelry, your purses, anything you use is put in a safe place and not near the porta potty when you lift it up. When you open up that lid, whatever falls in there stays in there. I'm just telling you. And on a hot day, you'd pass the fuck out. Now, here's the thing. With a woman like this, she's stimulated by odors. So, what does this mean? There's a good possibility she'd be aroused by a funky guy that passed by that was married. <laughs> now, this, is, this isn't to say that she'll just go and get with anybody just because of that. But these are things that will attract. Like I had to tell a friend of mine years ago when he invited us over to his place, he and his woman had just finished screwing. And we got there and you could still smell the pheromones from her in the air. And I kept telling him, man, you know, when you invite us over, you guys might want to let the house air out a little bit. Because being that your wife is walking around in her robe, we kind of have a hint of how her femininity smells. These guys will be trying to fuck at some point. That didn't go over too well until one of our mutual friends did sleep with his wife. I tried to tell him, other friends have tried to tell him. He would never listen because he thought that he had it down like that. So there was no need for him to talk to his wife about it. Poor decision on his part. Now, I'm not critical of this lady because of this. It's based on her experience. She's had bad experiences, apparently with single guys that smelled good but didn't have odors, in exchange for married guys who don't smell too good, who want to fucking a porta potty. 
there are so many variations in life of people that you will contend with that it will make your head spin. I never forget this was ooh, when I was in high school. There was a lady that I went out with on the first date. And we didn't have that much money, so we stopped at McDonald's. And she wanted a chocolate shake. And at that time, they had a banana shake that McDonald's, you need to bring that shit. That shit was good. They had a banana shake. I got the banana shake. Being teenagers at the time, she says, I want you to put your dick in my shake. Huh? Yeah, I want to experiment. I want to try something. And we had been kissing and fondling up there in our little spot up there in the Anaheim Hills. We can look down on the city. And so I dipped it in there. And it felt like my dick was on inside of an iceberg. And she lapped it up. But it did feel good going from that cold, frigid feeling to that warmth. I, I ain't even kidding you. That shit felt good. But I tell you, I sipped the hell out of that banana shake. That was the best banana shake I ever had. McDonald's, you need to bring that back. Now, here's the thing. Afterwards, She was like, we need to do more freaky things together. I'm like, well, maybe. I'm still thinking I'm a black guy. This is a white woman. I get caught with her in certain places. She may not be so kind and so nice. Mississippi mindset still kicking in, even though I was in California. But we wound up having a more structured experience together before she went off to college. That was pretty neat. She's a very sweet person. Haven't talked to her in about two years, but we still keep in touch. Facebook and so forth. But like I said, folks, it's all about how you treat people. Reciprocity is something else. Another thing with this, because see, women have been shamed a lot for having desires, sexual desires. They've been put in this box of only being available to men for procreation. Mm -mm. If I had to abide by the Torah, the Bible, Quran and all of the rest of the books of wisdom 
I couldn't do it. So if I don't make it into heaven, I really don't give a fuck. I really don't. I'm not trying to. I'm trying to enjoy this heaven on earth based on what it's made of. Take advantage of the opportunities now while you're here. You don't know what's in the future. When I used to hear the old people in Mississippi talking about they can't wait to die to meet their maker, I'm like, damn, you gotta die to be happy? That is fucked up. And then they would talk about, oh, well, you know, uh, the streets are paved with gold up there and Peter will be at the gate. What gate? In heaven. Well, before the space, before NASA was invented, before the Russians had Sputnik, we could only look up in the clouds and just imagine shit. Now that we can go past the clouds and into outer space, we know that, that shit doesn't exist. A friend of mine told me that a lot of those principles were based off of the pigs. Why the pigs? Pigs can very seldom see up in the sky. The neck won't allow him to turn it up where he could look up and see. Not to affiliate any of the Abrahamic religions with swine or anything like that. What I'm making the point is when it comes to a pig and certain other animals, they don't have the capability of tilting their head when they can look up. Now, If you look in the Bible, there's a lot of sex in it, a lot of violence in it. And no matter what kind of context you try to put it in, this shit is horrible. They even have incest in there. All kind of shit. You'll run across self-righteous people that will be a sexual fiend and on the other side of the equation be the worst critic of everybody else. You gotta watch it. Cognitive dissonance is one term you will need to know when you're dating. Say one thing, believe one thing supposedly and do the absolute opposite. Looking for consistency is the big thing. As I told you before, I have dated hypersexual women, and usually they'll let you know up front that they have a very high libido. Some of them will have the high libido with a high pain tolerance, so they may require certain things sexually that most women may not. There are others that are in the S&M, B&D, and so forth. They may want to get spanked, paddled. I dated one woman that I met through a friend that lived down in San Diego. We went down there. 
and we went to this nice home on the beach there. Porsche out the front and everything. And before we had sex, you had to have something done that would intensify her orgasm. We get to this guy's home, he takes us downstairs. He has a fully laid out dungeon, whips, chains, all the rest of this other shit, leathers and everything. She lays out on the table, takes off her bra, had some nice large breast. And he took this little bitty hammer with these little bitty nails. And he put them around her, each of her areolas. And that's when I realized her nipples were pierced with the little barbell things, the gold ones. Then after we left, she said, well, we can go and have our date and do whatever we want to do now. And I asked her, what was that about? She says, oh, well, it's something to intensify the moment when we're together. So when you squeeze my breast, it stimulates me even more. I was happy to know that. But I didn't know she had milk in them either. And she constantly had that, which was kind of cool. You ladies that are still producing breast milk and you're not pregnant, thumbs up to you. I'm your biggest fan. Milk does the body good. Give me all the vitamin D you need. It's important. (laughs) I need the calcium. (laughs) It go good with my Fruit Loops. Haven't you ever noticed that Fruit Loops have all these different colors, but they all taste the same? Food coloring is something else, isn't it? But it's the psychological thing that we have where we think we're going to taste something different because it's a different color. It's just like we do with people. We think we're going to have a different experience and not realize that that person is just like we are. Kind of interesting how that dynamic works. Now, I'm going to turn it over to the meeting room where we can talk about subjects pertaining to this particular topic for a few minutes or so. I want to say in advance, I want to thank you guys for supporting the show. Love you guys. Make sure you share the link with others. Because we're going to try to see if we can uh, vastly increase the number of listeners to the show this year. Because what we decided to do was make a challenge here. There's another podcast that will remain nameless. Another person will not mention the name of my podcast on this show, so why should I do it on his? And, um... Here are our differences. He's selling you the cookie cutter, idealistic model of dating and a relationship. He believes that religion and God can conquer all. And therefore, there should be no effort put forth by people. 
And another reason why I don't want to promote his show has nothing to do with me competition or anything like that is because of the fact that there may be some listeners on the show here that might want to go over and comment in a negative way on him. I'm not going to try to have any kind of call to action to drag anybody's show or nothing like that. I'm not that kind of person. Keep it clean, keep it respectful, keep it going. Now, another thing I want to warn you about. There are people out cloning different social media. And I will tell you this right now. Be careful. friend of mine recently and I hate to say this but she was following this person on social media and this person is a lawyer a legal professional and on this particular social media platform someone had created another account bearing a similarity to that person's name. And this person started asking for money and had collected a certain considerable amount of cash from these people. Something that the original lawyer never does. She only uses it for promotional purposes and then if you want a consultation, you have to contact the law office and you go through it the formal way. Well, this other jackass on there is just trying to hustle up some money. And so this person is using her name, reputation, copyright information in order to try to accomplish this. Please be mindful. You don't have to send anybody any money. Now, on the Romantic Truth site, if you want to subscribe, you can if you want to for $4.99. But it's up to you. It's still free. When I say Romantic Truth, is anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth or Spotify Podcasters.com backslash Romantic Truth. They do have a link there for $4.99 if you want to do that. But let me tell you something. The show's going to be free regardless. I made that promise to you six years ago, and I'm going to keep it until this show doesn't air anymore. That'd be because I'm dead. So therefore, it's going to remain free. And if I do get advertisers along the way, they're going to have to understand that the content that's provided is not going to change. That's the reason why I don't have any advertisers now. No sponsors. It's kind of cool in a way because I can talk about subject matter that you guys write in about and don't have the constraints. So I just want to thank you for your support. Love you all. My folks in the U.S., of course, I always love you. No matter whether you're from the East, West, North, South, love you all globally. Love my folks at the space station, people that listen to us in Antarctica, and those of you in Zambia, Germany, Italy, France, Spain, Portugal, Madagascar, 
Liechtenstein, Switzerland, Sweden, Iceland especially, Finland, Denmark, I know I'll be naming the whole European Union in a minute, Greece, but here's the thing, Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, love you guys for listening in, South Korea, Thailand, Taiwan, Indonesia, all throughout the Middle East, those of you listening in Syria, those of you are listening in Israel, those of you are listening in Lebanon. I'm just hoping we can resolve that situation over there where all the people in that region can live peacefully and respect each other and coexist in harmony. I know it's going to be hard. I know it's very, very uh, utopian. But I'm hoping at some point we get past the anger and get to the love and get to the thinking before we love. Thank you, good folks. And we'll continue with the meeting room in just a moment. It's only obvious that there are more problems with this lady than she's really disclosing. The guy is supposed to be married and she's motivated by funky odors. I don't even want to imagine what she may smell like in person. I don't mean to be mean, but that would be one kink or fetish or whatever you would call it that I would have no interest in whatsoever. She's doing us a favor by choosing married men. I have no point of reference or comment on this particular thing. The only thing I can say is no matter what, if a man is married and I wouldn't care if I did have a fetish for odors, there is no way I would want to be in a place like that for any length of time. I hate going to the bathroom in general. She is a brave woman. Even when I go to outdoor concerts, there is no way in the world I would ever use a porta potty. I would rather go pee in the woods first. It is against my religion to use one of those things. And God help you if you don't bring your own toilet paper or wipes. I use one of those once in my life and swore it off for the rest of it. Someone had gone into it and didn't quite make it. Try squatting in thin air, something I care not to remember. Please educate me. What is a porta potty? Whatever it is, it sounds gross. Never mind. I care not to put the imagery in my head. I had to use one of those unmentionable things but I was at a sporting event in Long Beach, California. Never again. The line was long, it was hot that day, and it made me nauseous just being in there with the other women rocking the damn thing, wanting to get in and knocking on the door. Natalie, you're right, it is an experience you never want to go through. When I was in high school, I had a girlfriend of mine that was into this guy, and during one of our football games, she went and had sex with him inside of Porta Potty. She never was able to live it down because we teased her until we graduated, apparently. She didn't mind the odor or the experience. That would never happen on my end. I am way too sensitive to smell. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music. Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family 
counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.